Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the One Talk podcast. Here of your host, Ryan McCarthy. And today we are joined by Adriana Lopes. Adriana is a business and mindset coach. And with today's episode, we get really deep into Adriana's work around business and mindset. And we really break it down, have an epic conversation. But in other news, if you could please leave this podcast a rating, it means so much in terms of helping this podcast grow, reaching a larger audience, and helping us expand. And it means the absolute world to me. But without further ado, Let's welcome Adriana. Thank you. Thank you, Honor. Marathon continue. Later. Victory lap tonight, though. Victory lap tonight. Welcome to the One Talk Podcast with Ryan McCarthy. The marathon continues, that's what you were saying. Welcome, Adriana. How are you? So good. So pumped to be here. Yeah, thank you for making the trip up here today. Too I appreciate good. you coming. Lots of fun. I'm glad yeah. I did. Yeah, <laughs> I was um, looking through your profile and the work that you're doing. It's really awesome to see the contribution you're making to like society and the world and like adding value in that sense. And I saw one of your posts, and I love in this podcast, understanding people's missions and their why. And there was a post you um, put up that was like how I felt before and how I feel now. And there's loads of talks around like anxious almost daily to now know how to process emotions, chronic fatigue to the healthiest I've ever been, issues with body image to the healthiest thriving body, trauma that crippled me to understanding energetics work, and also confused on who I, who I was being to sure of who I am. Mm-hmm. So... That's like a big thing, but I feel like within there, there's a lot of like inspiring stories that the listeners will take from that. But also I'd love to hear like your own journey and how you navigated all those challenges. Because I know as humans, we all take different paths on how we actually overcome challenges and overcome things and we receive value and apply knowledge and wisdom in so many different ways. So I'd love just to hear more about yourself, your journey, the big why behind the mission and yeah, keen to know more about you. I love it. I love that post. It was such a cool way of explaining to people how far the human can really go Mm. and how much we crumble in the process. (laughs) I think what made me who I am is that I let myself crumble. And you know this feeling because this is why you do this podcast, (laughs) right? Of the absolute depths of the human soul and the human psyche and on the floor of just like, help me tell me where to go from here Mm. and still to this day when I hear those things reflected back to me I'm like oh it makes me emotional like I did that yeah and that's what I want for every single other human (laughs) yeah and it's like it's so empowering too like when you do reflect on your toughest times and what you've overcome and also who you can see who you currently are too yeah like it is so inspiring when you can look at yourself and knowing that I was the one who put in the work got through the suffering and was able to get the fruits from the seeds that I planted. Yeah. 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 And the seeds I didn't, I forgot to plant and the seeds I planted later and the seeds I <laughs> planted earlier and being okay with all of that. I call it the mess, mm. like the messy, messy, messy middle. And I think a lot of people are in that mm. and there feels like no way out. And I know for me personally, I was 18 when my dad passed away and I wouldn't wish death of a parent upon my worst enemy, upon anybody. Yeah. There was so much to navigate and then came from from that was really when the chronic fatigue started and the sleepless nights and crippling nightmares, which created anxiety, which created all these things throughout my 20s. And being on the other side of all of that now, I can really see 
everyone says this, but how that shaped me, how losing my dad and and navigating everything that happened, not just from that, but before that, really created this feeling of, I want to show people how to do this. But that was the real pinnacle, I guess you could say. Yeah. And like, do you find yourself, you find empowerment from your own journey when you do face a current challenge in the present moment? Because you're then able to reflect to a point where you were at a time where the challenges may have felt similar heaviness or somewhat of regards similar. But then you reflect back on that and you apply it to now. I'm like, I've overcome things before. I know who I am and what I can do. Does that, do you find like a lot of empowerment for it? Because I always say to people, like, even for your toughest time right now, when you come to the other end of it, the challenges that arise in the future beyond that, you're going to know who you truly are and how you can overcome those things. Yes. And I think it's easy to forget. Like the human condition is strange. (laughs) So (laughs) complex. We are complex (laughs) beings. And when I work with people in really deep emotional work, I say we forget in our depths of despair, especially because our brain is wired to be like, but what is happening right now? And something I really practice, even my partner will remind me of these things. He'll be like, remember, you've done this before. Remember, you've gotten out of this before. And actually get my brain to go back and search for proof. Yeah. And to actually look for that proof and be like, I can move through this thing because they're always happening. And how do we be both at the same time? That's my favorite saying. How do you get to be both empowered and scared in fear and happy all at once? Yeah. Do you like, do you find it's like trying to embrace all emotions of life? Yeah. I feel like that's helped heaps. Yeah. And something I teach is how to experience your emotions. So how do we actually feel it for what I call to completion? So all the way through. Yeah. So when we have an emotion and we're like, oh, I feel really angry at X, actually understanding, okay, I get to feel the anger. Mm. Underneath anger is sadness, grief, or shame. Okay, great. Now I get to experience that. And now I get to experience the other side, pleasure, joy, and then feeling that all the way through too. Mm. So it's this really cool process I take my clients on, on how to actually feel the things we're here to feel. And I love a contradiction. (laughs) (laughs) And then on the contradictory side, learning to not make everything mean so much. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we'll be like, I feel sad and being like, you know what? I'm not going to read into this one. I'm actually okay. And I'm going to recenter myself. I'm going to have a drink of water and I'm going to get going. Yeah. I like, there's two things I want to break down from that, but one of them I want to start with, because actually both of them relate to me, but I really want to get into this one first is like how not to attach every emotion um, to everything that we feel. So we feel so deeply connected to it, which can be empowering or it can be something that pulls us back and drags us down. It's like, what was the process that you talk or that you help people with to help them not be so emotionally attached to everything that happens in life? Because um, a perfect example would be like, if we have a negative belief that repeats in our head and every single time it comes up and makes us stressed and worried and we always attach that and we attach to it more, we always point our direction to look towards that. So for yourself and like the clients that you work with, how have you found to not attach emotions to everything that arises? (laughs) The funniest part of this is be okay with being a walking contradiction. (laughs) Like be okay with not knowing. Be okay with getting curious. Be okay with being like, oh, is this one the time to dig deep and feel it? Or is this actually the time to be like, come on, Adriana, you're okay. And everyone always then asks me, but how? Like how do I do that? And I always say the same thing. And it's practice. Yeah. <laughs> practice, practice, practice. But I think in terms of going even deeper in what you're saying, something to look at for people too is what is that causal 
scenario or emotion. So for example, if we keep seeing the same, having the same thing happen, the same scenario, (laughs) how do we actually pull back and say, okay, what is the causal thing that created this? Not from a week ago, not from a month ago, and really looking back at our childhood, really looking back at our trauma, quote unquote, so to speak, and really understanding how that is being recreated in this moment now and feeling that experience all the way through Mm. and that is how i really believe we start to reorient to what's over here instead of always looking over here yeah and it makes so much sense too like because when you attach so much um emotions to things that happen like i used to be someone that used to struggle with um negative intrusive thoughts and everything that would come up would be in like a fight or flight all the time Mm -hmm. once i started practicing things like curiosity which Mm. is massive like you said i started to find that curiosity was the answer to a lot of unknown um, like thoughts and beliefs and emotions because yeah. like the more curious I've become the more I attach myself to it I mean the less I attach myself to it and the more logic I apply to it yeah. I feel like that helped me so much and also added meditation with the curiosity was like a formula mm. for success for me personally like with meditation and things like that is there anything that you practice or is there any like day-to-day practices that you do to remain curious yeah I love that so a lot of what I actually do with my clients is pull them back from meditation at the beginning and for myself and the reason for that is and it's just at the beginning while they're learning to like feel emotion Mm. is that it can put them in this state of like oh I need to rise above my body yeah or I need to like be still and instead I want them in this really like expressive state So what I do personally, and it's shifted a little bit now as I get further along the journey, but what I did do a lot of was sit and be like, what is it that I'm feeling? Okay, there's sadness. What is that linked to? Okay, I didn't love the conversation I had earlier today with a client. Okay, what did that make me feel? Really inadequate. Mm. Okay, where does that come from? I feel like I was always trying to prove my worth to my parents growing up because I wasn't the smart one. I was Mm. like the cheeky kind of fun one. Okay, That's me proving. Ah, interesting. How does that make me feel now? Actually really sad. Mm. And then feel that and go through that. And that's kind of this process of you're still sitting with self, Mm. but you're bringing in this real experience of expression, I suppose. It's like, because like you said, like sadness tracked all the way back, like you reverse engineered it because that sadness was feedback of something that's happened. Yes. Yeah. And then really being able to sit with that and become curious really does bring up the answers but you go like do like a reverse timeline on it to figure out where it stemmed from yeah and be okay <laughs> with being so honest like yeah. uncomfortably yucky mm. ugh, icky honest yeah. <laughs> that's the thing like it's okay to feel sad as well yeah. like because a lot of people even myself in the past i was definitely a person i was like i can't be sad it's a bad thing and i realized to accept it yeah. and once i learned to accept it i was able to move through it and not change it so yeah. fast you know some days i would just be like I'm sad and I don't want to change that right now. And being okay in that discomfort, being okay in this voided spot of like, I don't know what this means yet. And that's okay. Yeah. And like some emotions that we feel can actually be a contribution to something positive. An example would be if I have a moment of frustration or stress, it's like, I'm going to go to the gym and utilize that energy to something that's going to benefit me. It's like instead of sitting there and trying to wish frustration to go away, it's like, no, let's go to the gym. Let's put it to use. (laughs) Yeah, let's be with this. Like how cool that I get to feel every emotion. And I Mm. think I came from someone who lived so much of my life numb Mm. that now I'm like, oh, what a blessing. I get to feel sad, frustrated, happy, ecstatic, 
All in one day, sometimes all in one hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the other part of what I wanted to break down from that was you talked about how trauma crippled you. And the reason I want to talk about this, and like a reflection on myself as well, um, it related to me a lot. Because at one point in my life, like I was super depressed and anxious to a point where I couldn't even leave my bedroom if like my best friend would come over. I literally couldn't physically get up to go and say hello to him. I'd be like shaking in my room, couldn't get up and anything like that. But then obviously I was able to put in the work and overcome that and the steps to that was like gym and going out like actually into environments and socialising and meditation, breath work, like multiple things came into play for me. But what really helped you go from that crippling pain to then being able to get up and move and really process how you feel and not be so held back by it? And the reason why... I want to ask because I know so many people out there relate to like that feeling of that crippling pain where it feels like you have no control over that. So I'd love to hear from like your perspective or your own experience. Like how were you able to shift that emotion or that feeling for you? I feel like a great example of me is that I was on the opposite side. So I was like the overachiever, mm. workaholic, doing all the things, really outward, really confident, really loud. Yeah. And remembering that it gets to be expressed in the way you experienced it mm. and it gets to be expressed in the way I experienced it. Neither are better, neither are worse, neither are right, neither are wrong, neither are less. Mm. And remembering that both are a sign of stored trauma yeah. and both are a sign of anxiety and both are a sign of probably being quite depressed. Yeah. They're just shown really differently. Yeah. So it was interesting for me to navigate it at that time. But the biggest thing, and I remember this moment, oh my gosh, we had just moved to Byron Bay and something my mentor at the time said to me just triggered me. I was like, I am so bothered by this. And my partner and I were sitting on the bed, we're living in this weird little Airbnb garage thing because we couldn't find a rental yet and we were in between all the things and we'd spent way more money than we planned moving and... Mm all the things and I got my Yui boo and I had it in my hand and I hiffed it across <laughs> the room. I threw it and yeah. I went to pick up the next thing and he's like, hell no. And he put it down and he sat in front of me and I just bawled and I said, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't believe that I'm doing so much. I'm feeling things. I'm getting help. I'm doing all this stuff and it feels like nothing's working. Yeah. And I remember the next moments after that being like, oh my gosh, this mm. means that it is working this point of breaking, this point of like, I don't know if I even want to wake up tomorrow means mm. I'm doing it. Yeah. And the biggest thing that helped me through all that, all of that was feeling everything yeah. that was there to be felt. And I think it's a little bit different as the masculine and the feminine. Mm. I think as, as the feminine, I can speak from a place of being um, the feminine is that I feel like we really need to feel emotions. Mm. We really need to understand like the depth of what we experience within our bodies. Yeah. And I notice a lot if I work with the masculine, it's very like go out there, go to the gym, do the things, get self-disciplined. Yeah. Um, but for, for me in my experience, it was like go in, mm. go further in, feel more, feel the depths of it, replay trauma, feel it in your body, express mm. it through your body. And that was the biggest um, shift I ever experienced. Oh, that's amazing. I'm glad to hear, you know, come out the other <laughs> side of it and like being able to inspire people with that because <clears throat> an important piece you touched on there was being able to go within because I know a lot of people when they have trials and tribulations, when they have struggles, when they have troubles in their life, they look externally for pleasures and maybe addictions or whatever it is. So they look for some sort of distraction externally to try and cope with the internal. 
which then ends up being the reflection of the chaos that happens externally starts so coming more in, and it feels like it starts stacking like a Big Mac inside of the other. <laughs> so, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so like being able to go internally and being able to process it is like one of the most powerful things that we have as humans, like to actually come and sit with ourselves and be. I know men struggle with that a lot because like you said, the masculine energy is very much doing, go out, do the thing. Yeah. And then <clears throat> being able to tell a man to stop and be, it's a very, very challenging thing, but it's cool to see now in the world today that's become more of a normalized thing like the women can step into their masculine more the men can step into their feminine more and have that more so of a balance within themselves and you can actually see that starting to have such a positive effect on like society when you see a lot of people more aligned with the balance of the two yeah 100% I also feel like for me and for a lot of women it is embracing that feminine Mm. that slightly bit more like I was so in my masculine I was dominating at business I was making money I was like yeah I was you know training hard and doing all these things and then I was like something's something's missing here and that was this deeper connection to my feminine and I see for a lot of men it's this deeper connection to their masculine yeah and I feel like it's this really big piece that it's so beautiful we're all exploring but remembering as much as we desire balance As the feminine, we do our best when we're mostly in our feminine. Yeah. And as the masculine, we do our best when you're mostly in your masculine. Um, and finding that 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 dance, I mm. call it, between the two. Yeah, that's probably the best word rather than balance, the dance between the two. Yeah. So you can like go in between when you know, like if you need to process emotion into feminine when you need to do be in the masculine. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I call it your masculine builds the house yeah. and your feminine gets to dance within it. Yeah. So especially in business, we don't have the framework, we don't have structure, we don't have strategy. We're like flying around, don't know what's going on. Mm. So you build all of that and then your feminine gets to like play and be <laughs> curious and change your mind and have feelings and make things colourful. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a really beautiful way of finding that dance. Yeah, exactly. Because like I know with yourself too, like you're very big into energetics work, I yeah. believe. And um, for someone like myself, it's something that I've been newly learning as well, like from having guests on the podcast and learning more about it. But I'd like to hear from your perspective, like what is energetics work to you? So the way I love to look at it is everyone has a, a body blueprint, right? Mm. And I call them little stones. So I imagine when I look at you and I scan your body, mm. Uh, I won't do it too much now, I promise, (laughs) Um, is that I can see a little what I call like stones. And these are energetic imprints on your body. So traumas from your dad, traumas from your mom, Mm. um, how we carry things in our shoulders, the way we carry everything is showing us an energetic imprint on us. So then even the way our eyes sit in our head, everything. Mm. And the more we pull out, so what I will do with a client is they'll say, okay, I constantly get a sore shoulder. I'll just use a really easy example. And I'll scan the shoulder and I'll have a look at it and I'll be like, okay, so what's in your shoulder is actually this holding all your mum's burden in life. Mm. And then we'll work through holding her mum's burden in life and then she comes to me the next week and she's like, my shoulder's not sore anymore. <laughs> that to me is energetic work. Mm. That is how we transmute the energy stored within our body to become clear and clean so we can feel, be, and act from the place of who we really are. Yeah, that's amazing because <clears throat> like when I've spoke to other people about energetics work, a lot of the um, things that seem common is like the world tries to suppress them more so of like our own spiritual side. And then they have to find a way to connect more so to that spiritual side of themselves so they can step into energetics and start reading energy. Like how do you actually connect to that side of yourself and being able to actually not just embrace it, but I would say more so 
embrace it in the sense where you're living it to your absolute core. I recently worked with this client, right? And a really, really interesting story. When we first started working together, she was suffering from like seizures and a lot of really um, what you would call quite serious Mm. health ailments. She had no real spiritual side. She definitely couldn't like read energy or, you know, have any quote unquote psychic gifts or anything. And we didn't work on any of the symptoms. Mm. We went straight to the core. What happened? What happened? Why doesn't she express herself now? What happened with her parents? What happened in her life? Why is all this playing out? And can we feel it and experience it? And it was brutal. Like I took her to some dark, dark places and I'm so blessed she trusted me to do that. But then what happened was she came to me and she's like, I think I can like hear things and see things and I'm getting all these insights. And I was like, we did it. (laughs) Um, And she was experiencing her intuition or you know, psychic gifts or whatever we want to call that you're speaking into. And she was like, this is so epic Um, and a lot to navigate. But in that, what I think is important to see and highlight is that we went to the depths of what was created within her Mm. and we felt it, removed it. Well, not removed it, we transmuted it. And then she got to become more of who she's here to be. And I think at our core, we're all here to be intuitive and you know have our voice and have our unique Mm. impact on the world that's the thing too like you can never deny the intuition feeling when something doesn't feel right or something feels great it's like the one thing that never lies to us yeah (laughs) yeah and i think we all have those moments where like did i just do that like even when i started getting into this work my mum was like oh adriana she came into my room one day i think i'm a little bit psychic i think i have an intuition yeah. <laughs> i was yeah. like yes mom, you do. we all have those moments <laughs> like th- i think it was about two weeks ago i was driving home from the gym with my friend and i was giving them an example of a story like i was explaining something to them and i just gave an example of a female name and then i think i used the name casey i think it was it, be- it began with c and anyway literally within five seconds of me saying casey a car pulled out to me the lights number plate Casey's. And he's that. like, Did you get the name from that number plate? I was like, No, like that's the most random thing ever. But I was like, it all makes sense, like how it connects. But I was like, I was so mind blown at the moment because I like there's no way I use Casey and then thirty seconds, ten seconds later, Casey pulls up next to me. Exactly, yeah. of course. Yeah. Of course. I love that. And even like the numbers thing, because I think a lot of people relate when they see like intuitive numbers, like I believe they're called angel numbers, where you see like 11, 11, 12, 12, 4, 4, 4, 4 and things like that. Um, do you see many things like that? And do you know much more of like what the meaning is behind those numbers? Mm, no. So my favorite is 444. And yeah. <laughs> I see it all day, like all day. I'm like, four, 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 four. <laughs> but I think more than anything, the way I like to look at it is if we pull it back, it's this reminder of our synchronicity. Mm. It's, it's in life. It's a reminder of that. We're a miracle. Yeah. It's the reminder that if we're paying attention, mm synchronicity is everywhere miracle is everywhere so rather than getting too bogged down in like oh this number means this which i love that part too um but i really try and look at it from this like higher bird's eye perspective Mm. of like wow if that's possible to see that what else could i see Mm. if when i pay attention i see that what else could happen if i pay attention (laughs) oh there's a lot of miracles here and that's the way i like it to kind of spur it all on Mm. Yeah. I like the idea of how like it's a reminder because then that way it just connects you back to your path that you know you're on. Yeah. Yeah. Have and you... I see all synchronicities like yeah. that. Yeah. Have you read the book called The Celestine Prophecy? 
I haven't, but I have started it before. And then I don't know why I always put it down. But yeah. there you go. Yeah, I was going to say, just because it's all the same prophecy, it breaks down like all these different scriptures through it. And one of them is like how coincidences on like an actual random thing, like everything in the universe connects for a specific reason. Yes. And like when you said that about how um, you see numbers and it's like a reminder to your mission, it's like that's not a coincidence for no reason. It's like you attach that to like, cool, I need to connect back to what I'm doing more or to remind that I'm on the right path. Yeah, or a reminder to kind of check back in and sit with ourselves mm-hmm. and believe in the miracles again and all of those wonderful things. Yeah. But I think there's so many, um, ava- so much available to us in life when we bother to look for those moments. And gosh, I have a million of them in my own life. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And it's so interesting. Like when I first started to read the book called The Body Keeps a Score and learning about how the body actually stores trauma and can yeah. cause pain, like, it makes so much sense because like, you can go to a physio and I love physiotherapy, by the way, for injury. I've got a bad ankle. I'm seeing one at the moment. But if you are going to a physiotherapist and you're not getting results that you want, like maybe it's an internal thing that you need to work on instead. And I've had moments like that with myself. Like um, I think I had, it was like rather my bad neck or bad shoulder I had from the gym. But once I started doing like meditation and breath work, the pain went away because I was actually processing things within that yeah. um, process within itself. And like I was able to shift pain from my own body just by going internal and sitting with myself and processing things. And it's so interesting, like how the body works and how connected we are to energy and how connected we are to everything around us, mm-hmm. not even just the planet, but like the universe, like it blows my mind. <laughs> yeah, it really does. And I always say on that too, it's always both. Let mm-hmm. it be both. Yeah. It's both the physical and the non-physical. Yeah. And when we bring them together. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, for yourself, like, what do you like to do daily? Like, do you have, like, any non-negotiables for yourself to help you stay on track, to help you remind yourself what needs to be done to continue on the path that you want to be on? Like, is there anything you do on a day-to-day basis that helps you? Lots of things. So, I think I'm a big list writer. So, aside from all this very, like, energetic piece, I'm also really practical. (laughs) And it's funny because I have this other part of my brain that's very practical, very structured, very disciplined, and all of those wonderful things. So something I'm really big on is understanding every day, what do I need to do to get closer to my mission and in my business? So really looking at it from a micro point of view. Have I posted? Have I replied to DMs? These things that we oversee as like little minute things, Mm. but doing them in a way that like, I trust this is bringing me to the bigger mission. And then on the flip side of that, Um, I'm really making sure that, okay, what about my internal world every day? I love going for walks. So it's like, okay, have I been in nature? Have I gone for a walk? Am I feeling frustrated? Is there something I need to tune into? Do I need to have like a stern talking to myself or do I need to have a cry? (laughs) Either is okay, but really creating time every day to have that happen. And I also am a really big fan of tidying up my space. So basic, yeah. but like tidying up my space, I call it my tidy 10. <laughs> I clean up 10 things. And what I find it does is it really reorients me back into the present. Mm. And then I can actually, and you can find anything that does this for, for yourselves. And then reorients me back to, okay, I'm back in my body. What was happening? Am I still feeling frustrated or was I just stuck in my head? Yeah. And I find it helps me do all of that. So I really love all that in the morning. 
then setting up my day, understanding exactly what it is, keeping my promises to myself, so doing the things, doing the boring work that I set out, all the fun work, depends on the day, and then wrapping it up and really reminding myself of what I did do, Mm. getting myself back into my body because I can be so easily very head-centric and coming back down into the body. I think, ah, I'm great. Yeah. I did great. (laughs) (laughs) I love hearing people's non-negotiables because everyone's so different because everyone has like their own experience in life and their own ways to process things how they like to do and then they have their own structures and how they like things to be that's something that i find very fascinating is like people's non-negotiables because then because i don't feel like there's like one set list for every single person it's like whatever works for you and then from there on it's like if you notice yourself going on a path or maybe getting distracted it's like oh maybe it's because i'm not doing this that i usually do then you implement that back into your day like oh things are happening again for me yeah, and I think yeah. finding it for you, like I remember when I first got into all of this, I was like, oh, no one says really like to clean 10 things and that will help you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, didn't really find that anywhere. And now slowly more and more people have talked about these things, but I just tried it on. I was mm. like, it's not very glamorous. It's yeah. not very like spiritual, mm. but wow, it really helps. Yeah. So really focusing, coming back into that of like, what is it for me? Yeah, for me, exactly. Because when I first started too, like I was doing all the... um like research on online and seeing what people's morning routines were. And I realized, you know, I was doing other people's morning routines and wondering why it wasn't working for me. Yeah. Like I was doing the whole wake up at five, getting, yes. getting, um, getting out in the sun, doing all this. And I'm like, but it doesn't really like, it feels more of like a frustration. That I have to do it. Like I feel forced to do it. It's like a chore, but like now I have my own process of what I do when I wake up and my whole day just feels like it flows as well because like my structure works for me. I remember yeah. actually thinking, I hate this. Yeah. I actually hate this. I hate waking up this early. I hate going out straight away to the sun. And what I found was I was falling back asleep. Yeah. So <laughs> it was a mess. And then I thought, okay, what does this look like for me? And it was more of like a 7 or 8 a.m. wake up. Yeah. And I love a good sleep. Yeah. Chronic fatigue for 10 years, loves a good sleep. Um, <laughs> and, okay, what does it look like next? I love cleaning first. Mm. I love, like, brushing my teeth and getting my face ready. Yeah. Okay, cool that's great. I love having my smoothie. I love waiting to turn my phone on. I love that. And I recommend that to people, Mm. but it also maybe isn't as important to the next person. My partner, he doesn't even get affected by his phone in the morning. He literally sees his notifications. He's like, so neutral. I'm like, are you okay? (laughs) But I see my notifications and I'm like, shit, I've got so much to do today. Mm. So we're two different people who have two different needs. Yeah, and like, like I just want to go back to what you're saying to like the whole comes back to me and what I feel because like even with myself, I used to always try to get up at five in the morning and try and do it. But like I'm such a nighttime person, like I love being up late and doing things. So right. now like my schedule is like I go to sleep from 11 and wake up at seven. Yeah. Like I still get me seven to eight hours, but I prefer staying up late because for me, like when I have to do my creativity stuff with podcasting and work, I'm the most creative at night. And then in the morning when I first wake up, I have to be doing instead of being. And then at night, I like to be being. So, like, it's just finding what really works for yourself. Implementing that so you can actually get the results you want. Yeah. Yeah. I love how much Alex Mozzi talks about all of this. And he's like, just find it for you. And I think he's such cool proof at the moment that if you look at it even from the place of, like, multimillionaires, right, they're all doing something different. Yeah. They actually aren't. It's a myth that they're doing the same thing. Yeah. And I think there's something really cool about that and permission giving of, yeah. like, 
oh, I don't get to bypass and not be disciplined, yes. but I get to do this the way that works for me. Exactly right. Because so you look at Alex Amosi and then you look at um, Gary V. They have two completely different systems, yep. but it's work for them to get to where they want to be to in life. My favorite quote, there's a million and one ways to grow a business and all of them work. Same thing applies for life. There's a million and one routines and all of them work. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's just finding what applies for you. That's why I try not to like share like how people should live their life on social media. It's more so I just share myself and then let that be an example to inspire someone else to do the same for themselves, but not to actually copy a step by step just for them to go on the path to find out who they truly are. I love that. Yeah. So um, I actually was listening to another podcast that you're on and you were talking about how I think it was at the age of four, you truly found out like you wanted to be a entrepreneur. Like you had some sort of like feeling deep within you, like this path to be an entrepreneur was something that you knew you were going to live in life. I'd love to hear more about that story because like it's so interesting to see someone at that age to then go and live that life that they knew that was how to live. It's pretty amazing. (laughs) I was four years old and I still remember I was sitting at the desk Mm. at my parents' factory. They own this factory where they run their business from. And I got out my dad's checkbook and I wrote on all the checks. And then I got out the invoice pages. So back then, you know, early 90s, everything was on like paper. And I got out the invoices and I wrote what people were ordering. I didn't write, obviously. And I was circling the things and scribbling and then... I remember my mum walking in and just being like, oh gosh, what have we created? (laughs) And I had them all in piles and I just knew. Mm. I was just like, I'm here for some really big stuff. And I loved money from a really young age. I loved the feeling of like sending invoices and building things and creating things. So it was fostered from them really young as well. And then as this kind of progressed, as I got a little bit older, <laughs> there's so many funny moments. My our family built trellis. So it's not really a thing anymore. It's timber put together in a grid, mm-hmm. right? And it was big in the 90s. Anyway, you and there was no regulations in the 90s, by the way. And we would get <laughs> a, um, a, essentially a staple gun and plug together and the trellis. Mm-hmm. I was about seven and my dad would give me like $2 for a piece of trellis. And I begged him and I was like, please let me build them. Yeah. So I'm this little kid. I think I was even younger with all the men in the factory <laughs> and I would build them. I would pick them up. I would put them in a pile and I got $2 for each one. And it was interesting because my family were quite wealthy yeah. and my dad always instilled, no, you need to work for this. Yeah. If you want things, you work for it. And I'm so bloody grateful that they did that now. Yeah. And that really stuck with me and I understood the value of everything. And I'd go to him and I'd say, okay, so if I sweep, I think I should get $5. (laughs) And I'd make a little understanding of what my little business was and what my little tasks were. And I learned so much and I loved it. I loved the feeling of that. And so the addiction to business began. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel like one of the biggest takeaways for you there was the ability to actually work hard for the reward? Because like, I feel like that <clears throat> translates into so many areas of life, like work hard for the result or for the yeah. reward, like for business or work, it's for money, for, uh, for like access to dopamine, feeling fulfilled, it's like go out and do something that will actually put in the work to feel the reward. Because I feel like if you get things instant, so things like if you get money instant, you're not going to get the reward of having money. If you get happiness and fulfillment instantly by scrolling and doing distractions, then you're not going to truly feel the full length of what that happiness and fulfillment can be. Yeah. So like, if you feel like for yourself, like that was such an important lesson where you maybe attach that to multiple areas of your life. 
Absolutely. And then I didn't become entitled. Yeah. And a lot of what I see and people do this from the, the love in their heart and they don't do this on purpose, but there's, there can be this entitlement yeah. of like, I did one thing so I should get the reward. It's yeah. like, try 100, 300, 500 <laughs> and then see what happens. And I think that feedback system from my parents really taught me that on a big scale, mm. you know, and really showed me, okay, we do need to do things to get a result interesting yeah and that has helped me become an adult so much not just in business absolutely in all of my life yeah and like that whole feedback thing is so important because like if you relate that back to school or business or whatever it is like if you get your assessment sheet back and you failed and it's like cool that's feedback what can i do to implement it to go better next time like i feel like if you look at failure or things that are setbacks as a lesson or feedback and then you can use that to improve it's so much more better than actually just sitting there I'm making it all about like you in the mind. Like, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? And it goes back to actually what we we're talking about earlier, actually, about like having the curiosity in the moment to try and seek of like what the lessons are from this thing in front of us. Yeah, a hundred percent. And do I actually care about this thing? That's mm. a question I love to ask. Okay, I don't have to care about everything. So, for example, grades. I did terribly at school. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and I would look at it and I was like, do I care? Yeah. No. I cared about being an entrepreneur and I knew to be an entrepreneur from a young age. I don't know how I worked this out because, you know, the intent wasn't even that big yet, but I knew I didn't need to have like a good, you know, an A plus in English and I didn't. And my brain just was not wired that way. But every time I designed something, you know, every time I created something, people loved it. And I was like, this is really interesting. Every time I remember I made these bracelets in year nine and there were rainbow fluoro beaded bracelets, gosh. Um, and everyone bought them for like a dollar yeah. and a hundred kids bought them. And I made a hundred dollars. Yeah. I was in year nine. I was Born. wrapped. <laughs> I was like, mm, buy so many ice creams today. <laughs> and I was wrapped and my dad was like, this is great. Da, da, da. And then we ended up having this assembly and our, as it, principals were like we went to a private school they were like we don't know who's making all these bracelets but they must stop (laughs) and then no more bracelets allowed but what I learned from that was that wow I'm really good at creating things Mm. okay I didn't I almost failed English but I created this thing and people liked it I made money and I bought more stock I pivoted when it didn't work wow these are some awesome life skills Mm. yeah like just the, the amount of skills you learn from that <clears throat> like the network and the selling to be able to create and basically run a business like a sole trader business yes. in grade nine is so important and i'm like <clears throat> it's interesting like at a young age like we intrinsically know like what we want to do or like what yes. like we may not know like the exact pinpoint thing what we're going to do but we know a path that we want to take and a path that we don't want to take like for me in school i got kicked out in grade 11 and that's just because like i just didn't like doing the work i didn't like sitting down and studying and then I just knew there was something different, like there was a different path for me. And then thankfully I was able to explore it and take the path that I wanted to take. But you got to be careful because I was talking about this on the podcast that's actually not even released yet. But we're talking about how you can adopt other people's goals. Yeah. I know like, sorry, <coughs> that's clear now. <laughs> I know like in the whole world, we, a lot of people talk about like how we can adopt other people's beliefs and values. But another thing is like we can adopt other people's goals when we start achieving other people's goals, we feel so disaligned from who who we truly are and what we truly need to be. And then we feel really suppressed in what we're doing in life. Then we can grow older and really feel lost and we can have like that midlife crisis. But 
if you're sitting there right now and you intrinsically know what you want to do or what you're doing at the moment isn't something for you, you really need to follow that intuition like we are talking about earlier and go on the path that you know is truly set out for you because we all have a blueprint. It's just taking the steps into connecting to ourselves to start following that blueprint. Exactly. And I think even on, if you take a one layer deeper too, I had to really look at and pause. And I think everyone can do this and say, okay, is even this success my parents? Mm. You know, my parents are entrepreneurs. They were quite successful. I had to really pause and be like, do I desire this? Or am I operating from also a trauma pattern that's making me successful? Mm. That one really blew my mind. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, a little bit. So I had to rewire some of that and make even my success be for me, for mm. the family I want to build, for not trying to prove anything, but instead for my mission. Yeah. So even on the flip side, we get to look at that and look at what we borrowed or what's mm. conditioning or what's proving, one of my favorite things to look at, yeah. and come back to ourselves. And it's like, like you said there with success, I think that's such an interesting concept to be a, really be able to understand what success means to you. Success is, I believe, is what we see on TV or what we see in social media. We see success and we believe that's the path we have to take to achieve that person's lifestyle. But we always aim for someone else's lifestyle. We're not going to achieve it because it's not what success is to us. It's not connected to our values and what we truly believe in. So I think really being able to define success for yourself and then look at achieving that instead. Like success for you may be a billion dollars. Success for you might just be living a comfortable lifestyle with 10 children, like everyone has a different definition of success, you're really just going to break it down and see what truly is it for you. Yeah, and then keep checking in. Yeah. Keep checking because it will change. And then you'll look back and you'll be like, ah, oh, yeah. I was downplaying myself. I could actually go way <laughs> bigger than that. Or I want to shift how I'm doing this. Mm. So I don't think it's this one thing, you know. No. It's this constant, constant. Like I probably look at it every month. Yeah. Is this still what I want? Is this how I want it? I think that's powerful. Yeah, that's so true because like we evolve through life now. We learn different experiences. We yeah. gain new wisdom. We gain new knowledge. And also over time, if you are connecting to yourself, you're learning more yeah. about yourself. So then your maybe not your destination will change, but the road to get there may change. Yeah, 100 yeah. million percent. What, what success to you? What does that mean to you? For me, I feel like it's really twofolded, but they're one and the same. Yeah. And it was so interesting. I was filling in an application last night to be in this mentorship that I want to uh, be a part of as a, mm. as a participant for next year. And she asked this question. And I thought, huh, this has changed for me. What is this answer? And I said it was twofold. One is about my family, mm. you know, being in my early 30s now. and like, oh, I want a family of my own. Yeah. I want to create something with my partner. We want a beautiful home and babies and all these wonderful things. And I, we want the freedom to be able to be like, you want to go down to Melbourne yeah. and see family? Let's go. Do you want to do this? Let's do it. Do you want to live on the beach? Yep, let's do it. Mm. And that's important. Freedom is important to me. Truly deep freedom, whatever that means to each person. Mm. And on the flip side, it's my mission. It's like, why do I run this business? I love business, obviously. I was four when I realized. So I love business. But part of that is actually running business and loving it and enjoying it and impacting lives. And, you know, I was on a client call and last one for the year, just the other day, and we were both in tears. Hmm. And I said to her, like, book fully crying to her. I was like, this is why I do what I do. Like, this is it for me. And I got off that call and I was like, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And especially, like, when you do something that's so fulfilling to you, like, if you're giving energy to something and you know it truly fulfills you, it gives you energy back. 
like in that moment when you said like you started crying and you just felt the joy because you knew what you're doing was correct like i've felt that so many times in my work like i just intrinsically know like it's very hard for me to feel like i'm overwhelmed with the work that i do yeah. i absolutely love what i do so much that every i get that love back from the work that i do yes. and it's like a whole like it's just like a constant ball that's rolling and it's like one of those things where you don't really have any regrets for starting the journey ever like i've never looked back in my life and think fuck i wish i never started trying to understand myself and put in the work and like it's something that it's been uncomfortable, but it's been a blessing that I've actually took the steps to get there. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So, um, like, what's some of the next steps for you? Like, what are you looking forward to? Because the people listening are at the end of 2023. Like, what's 2024 looking like for you? Or what's some things that you want to see happen for yourself? Big. That's <laughs> what it looks like. <laughs> um, we were talking about this in the car on the drive here. And my word is personal power. Mixed with spaciousness. Yeah. Again, it's the contradiction we spoke about. So how c- I want to be the most in my personal power that I've ever been before. Yeah. And for me, that really feels like doing it no matter what. Showing up, being in my voice in the way who I want to be. Yeah. And spaciousness, spaciousness feels more like <sighs> in yeah. my feminine. I want to just like tidy up and yeah. live my life and cook some dinner, (laughs) Um, but also being in my body and being in love with life Mm. and having space to think, space to process. I've been someone who's lived a very fast life Mm. and it's almost like I want to peel that back in 2024. So it's a year of contradiction, really. It's Mm. a year of both power and space kind of coming together. Big focuses are really building business, um, building up the wealth within the business and who we want to work with and all of this epic, epic stuff. And then looking at starting a family and all those beautiful things as well. Exciting times ahead. Oh gosh, it's going to be a big year. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I, like, I really want to ask this question because I know a lot of people like, they try and find a way to understand this. And it's like the mentorship. So like when you look for a mentor, how do you know that person is right for you? You don't. <laughs> <laughs> you have to trust yourself. And this is the intuition piece. You know, I I remember someone said to me, I actually put on my stories, I think just yesterday, she said, I just knew. Mm. I found you and I just knew. So sometimes that will happen, but sometimes they will obtain something you don't have. Mm. So they were, my current mentor really has this ability to articulate herself really well. She's extremely psychic. She really understands sitting with discomfort. Mm. And I thought, I don't have those qualities and I desire them. I'm going to hire her because she has them. Yeah. And then I'm able to learn them. Mm. The mentor I'm looking at for next year, she has the business I desire. She's also, she calls it her pre-mom era. She's also in her pre-mom era. (laughs) It's a real (laughs) thing, women. (laughs) And she's also in that phase of life. So I resonated with her. I liked her values. So I think looking at, do they scare me? Mm. Do they have the gap that I know I need? Is there a feeling within me? Mm. And strategically does this make sense but it's gonna feel scary and that's okay so there's some of the things i look for and similar values too i think you know do they have a similar life to you because there's no point if it's completely different yeah i like the whole idea of like if they have something that you're trying to achieve and they're really able to just slice it in half like the learning curve all the time probably even more than half actually like the mountain you can learn within three months working one-on-one intensively with someone compared to just winging it by yourself for two years you can learn so much 
It's incredible. I think yeah. the human power to be in community, to learn from people, because we got so removed from that, I can see now we're coming back to it. And mm. there's just something yeah. so beautiful about that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, to finish off, I'd love to hear like yourself. Like, Do you have any messages for the audience here that you'd like to share with the world? My favourite line is, and you've probably heard it before, but I'm going to say it again, is this too shall pass. Yeah. And it's both for the good things and the bad things. Mm. So we often use it in this way of like, okay, the bad things will pass, the storm will pass, mm. the void will pass, but also the good things will pass too. Mm. Your happiness will pass. This really amazing time you're in with your partner will pass, with your baby, whatever it is. Yeah. So how do we just deeply be in the mess of both yeah. and embrace that mess? I love mess. <laughs> um, I think that we're so trying to get it right. Mm. And I say this to all my clients, I don't get it right. I'm a messy person. I make mistakes. I speak wrong. I get angry, but I'm curious. Yeah. So I think it's really coming back full circle to that. Mm, I love that. It's like, I don't know why this analogy just came to my mind. It's like a laundry basket's full. You finally get all the laundry out of it. You put it away in the closet. A few days later, the laundry basket's full again. Like, shit, I've got to sort this out again. <laughs> I, put it back in the cupboard. <laughs> I always say life is constant and yeah. it's meant to be. If it's not constant, we're dead. Yeah. Because it's so easy to be like, oh, the laundry's full again. Oh my God, I'm yeah. tired again. Oh my God, I'm sad again. Oh my God, I'm, oh, whatever it is. Yeah. But it's like, okay, life is constant. Great, that means I'm alive. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you for your time today. I appreciate you making your way up here and sharing your wisdom and value and human experience. But yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's been so fun. No worries at all. Thanks, guys. <laughs>